Rooted on Christ podcast. You're here with Curtis and my co-hosts, semi-co-hosts, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> we have Colleen here. Hello. And Amanda. Hi. Our dedicated reader. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have another special podcast uh, this week. And if you'd like to send something in, as always, it's the Founded on Christ podcast at gmail.com, where you can put your voice and your words to your testimony of Christ and, and put something out there that you'd like to have people know or hear about and something important or special to you. And, uh, and I'll put it up. And as uh, if possible, I'm encouraging people to try to share this with anybody they think they could get some value from it so that we can kind of defeat the YouTube algorithms and the podcast algorithms and this can reach the people the Lord wants it to reach. And I am going to allow Colleen to give us a little prep and starter into our subject today. Um, we wanted to, for I think a long time, even before Curtis started this podcast... Um, I think in one of the first ones that he did on this podcast, he talked about how he wanted to go into um, the subject of dreams and visions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so we're finally making it true. <laughs> um, I wanted to start off with the articles of faith. Um and number seven. Does Amanda want to read that or do you want me to read it, Amanda? Oh, then I'll read it. Number seven. We believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of tongues, and so forth. Now, it didn't add on there only through profits. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. So, and which, which is interesting because it, there is precedent. I think it's like the fifth one, right? We, we believe, or one of them, we, a man must be called of God and by laying on of hands by those who are in authority. Yeah. Right? We believe that so a man must be called of God. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, that was implied. Now it's straight up stated in yeah. another article of faith. So they're saying, no, there's no limiter on this. We believe yeah. in all these gifts, right? Yeah. But do we? <laughs> well, I right? I mean, you... This could have fit in a the lot traditions of people, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't think about the, the articles of faith anymore, really. Yep. Guaranteed, 90% of the time, well, that might be a little overstating, but most of the time when people read that, they think prophets. They think yeah. President Nelson, Quorum of Twelve, the Fifteen, maybe the Seventy, if they're really spiritual. Yeah. You know, the presiding bishopric, uh, the you know, Relief Society presidency, maybe, you know, primary presidency. Mm -hmm. They they think of General Conference when they hear that now. Well, the reason why Joseph got these revelations to make into the articles of faith is because he was just a normal person and that received 
you know, yeah. revelation. In fact, 90% of the time, it seems that God calls prophets from normal people who get visions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Not usually out of mega corporations. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So, anyway, and then I wanted to go to nine as well. And that one is, we believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal... And we believe that he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Yep. Once again, no limit Only to profit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it doesn't say that anywhere in there. <laughs> Which means it's kind of that there's, I guess there's a statement of what has happened, what is ongoing, but also there is a injunction for us as followers of Christ to seek after those things so that we can fulfill those prophecies, right? Mm -hmm. To make that, that statement actually true. Yeah. Well, and then at the end of 13, the 13th article of faith, it says, if there's anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report, or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just the prophets that seek after these things, it's everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole reason why he got the inspiration to receive these things and write them down for every member of the church and those who decided to come into the church mm -hmm. and everything, because those are very important to everybody, yeah. not just certain people yeah <laughs> do you want to read that scripture in acts yes or should we have amanda read it do you want to read acts amanda so the scripture is acts 2 verses 17 through 21 and this is on the day of pentecost which is the day that the apostles receive the baptism of fire and the holy ghost up to this time, they've been kind of riding Christ's coattails. I mean, technically we all are. <laughs> but they were really just following orders and listening to him, right? And this is this is after he's come to them, after he's resurrected. He's kind of given them the injunction to go and preach. And he finally bestows this gift upon them. And they kind of have this forceful awakening of spiritual power upon them. And in this moment, Peter gets up and he prophesies about what will happen in the last days, and Amanda's going to read that. And it's very appropriate for us, because it's talking about us. Acts 2, starting in 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. 
And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, some important things there. Things, I imagine me and Kalinka both kind of talk what sticks out to us, but uh, in the last I was going to say, this one this one always sticks out to me. Yeah. Like whenever I think of dreams and visions, um, even though I couldn't think of the actual chapter, Curtis had to find it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't, um, but I always think of this because I always remember that he talks about, uh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and young men and young women and servants and had maidens and stuff like it yeah. involves everybody. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think it's it's reading scriptures like this that caused us to be willing to look for people fulfilling this, mm-hmm. which caused us to be open to, because it, it, it's not giving any like strong qualifier, qualifiers to these other than the fact that they're aligning themselves with God in such a way that they can receive these dreams and visions. And so we, we should be seeing these from bunch of different avenues we should be seeing these from a lot of different people yeah. and it shouldn't be uh hush hush or or swept under the rug or or made to seem like shame or anything about these things these things are are signifiers that were in the last days of things that are happening like you said it's sons and daughters shall prophesy i wonder i don't just Ask yourself as a Latter-day Saint, do you think you've seen sons and daughters prophesying in the way that our culture is set up now? Or is there, you know, maybe there's some changes that need to happen there. And then on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. And then your old men shall dream dreams. Like if the old men are dreaming dreams and the scriptures talking about it, they will talk about the dreams that they're dreaming. Right. And visions that they're having. This, these things happening is a signifier that we're getting close to the last days. So we should be able to see these things happening. We should be able to talk about I, these things. I do need to point out that in the church, we are told to keep the the visions and and dreams... Secret, yeah. and to herself. Yeah, yeah they you can ca- show it they call it sacred. in your own home, right? But to talk about it, like if someone, just imagine, like everyone's. If you think, okay, there's no issues with the church in this scripture. Just think about what would happen if, in gospel doctrine, Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo got up and wanted to talk about a dream or a vision they'd had recently, and just think about. How, like guaranteed that you're gonna have this like uncomfortable air in there I'm for like, a little bit I'm because about, you're <laughs> I'm thinking about Joseph Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat like the actual kind of musical <laughs> yeah where you know the you know like him standing up and like I know what your dream is and then like his brother sell him because they're upset. Yeah, sell him. yeah that might be an apropos message <laughs> Because if someone gets up in gospel doctrine to talk about their vision and and, and dream, it's going to be met with like this awkwardness there, right? Yeah, and people are going to be staring at their feet, you know, and they'll they you know they'll just wait for them to get done speaking, and then they're going to you know, the the person directing the lesson is going to try to move on mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Like it's 
it's not like, and it, the way this is spoken of, it's like, we, we should be able to rally around that stuff. Like Sunday should be like, okay, everybody, what dreams and visions did you guys have while studying the scriptures yeah. this week? Let's talk about those. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess you could say, come follow me is a step closer to that mm-hmm. than where we've been before. And I wouldn't say that's a bad thing or argue that that's not a step in the right direction, but we're still not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some people that <clears throat> claim that they have dreams and visions that they do really not. Are <laughs> they really are crazy. Yeah. Um, maybe for attention. Maybe mm. for... It's true. <clears throat> naming some person that just got found guilty. I won't say any names. <laughs> Those that she know was, yeah, know. she was yeah, she was taking other people's near death experiences and visions and dreams. Sell them off as her own. Yeah. Anyway, but there are those kind of people out there. But we're we're speaking about like things that are more important to the Lord that we share. Yeah. Well, and so. if, and I guess you could say a good indicator of some of this is if someone tries to use those things as a, a means of influence right, yeah. or power, uh, if, if they are trying to, that's what to, this podcast is about. Yeah. I'm just kidding. If they are quote unquote, trying to govern by virtue of dreams and dreams alone, amen yeah. to the dreams of that person, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. to speak, but the, the scriptures are full and you know, we were trying to come and we probably will mention a whole bunch of them, but coming up with a bunch of different stories that include either dreams or visions or both. And honestly, almost every single one does. Yeah. It's a fundamental piece to how God operates. In fact, most prophets, it seems are called to that mantle through dreams and or visions. That is what causes them to receive the errand of the Lord, receive his sanctifying authorization to go and be a prophet and to tell the people to return to him. And they don't go out there saying, I've got dreams and visions and I'm someone special. So listen to me. Now, if somebody's doing that, then you <laughs> obviously know that yeah. it's not from God. Yeah. What, what they what do they say is, I, I may have seen this or that. You need to return to Christ because yeah. the results of what you get, if you don't, are usually bad, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's what they're foreseeing, foretelling, prophesying about that their day is coming if they don't repent. Right. Yeah. There's a difference. And I was going to say the reason that we do this podcast is not for everybody, which is fine. Yeah. It's, we're just doing it because the Lord has been like, you need to put out. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And those who need it will find it. Yeah. You know, so that um, we're doing it mainly so that, you know, like it's called founded on Christ so that you can be led back to Christ yeah. and your relationship yeah. with him. And, so. you, and this also works on the other end that if you're following people who aren't, having dreams and visions Mm -hmm. of any sort that might be a good indicator that there's something wrong as well, especially if they're not willing to share or talk with you about what it is that they experience. Yeah. Almost every time in these scriptures, when Leo Lehi's comes together with his family, he's like, I dreamed a dream. 
and this is what we, we need to do, you know? Uh, Alma and, uh, you know, he comes out of his coma, right? And yeah. he talks about what he saw, what he felt. He felt the, you know, the wrath of God upon him. His soul was going to be destroyed mm-hmm. until he called upon Christ. Um, King Lamoni, right? Same deal, more or less. He goes into a coma, he comes out, and his wife come out and talk about how great Christ is and what they experienced. Well, even even Ammon experiences yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I don't... Does it ever say what what he experienced when... Or was it just um, focused on King Lamoni and his wife? I think it's mostly them. Yeah. But I, I, I guarantee he, he didn't keep like, it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he kind of... And Alma, the younger, and the sons of Messiah are—they reference back to the experience, the first experience with the angel, mm-hmm. multiple times. I mean, you know, Alma talks about wishing that he could speak with a, a, the voice of God to shake the earth, you know, like a trumpet, right? Yeah. Where do you think he got that from? That's from the experience he had. He's constantly—that was a, a hinge point that he uses all the time. Yeah. To preach and teach, right? Oh, it reminds me of a vision that I had. Not recently, maybe a year or so ago, mm-hmm. where um, I had, I saw an angel and he was sitting on some steps and he was in a white robe, you know, and he was emanating, you know, light and he had a horn in his hand mm-hmm. and he had the horn like... His knees were up, you know, because he was sitting on the, some steps. And he had his hand on his knee with holding his horn like he was waiting to be called. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting, interesting vision. Like, it was just like that, too. It was yeah. quick. And maybe since you brought it up, <laughs> what about that determined to you that it was a vision and not just your own stuff because i imagine that's what most people here are wondering and so i'm curious what if you can put a voice to how you well for me when i get visions they they are like quick they're Mm -hmm. like super quick they just are there and they're gone okay but then i can look back at it and i can take my time and like was that really a vision Mm-hmm. was you know and then I'll pray about it I'll be like what I saw was it you know important to my journey mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I had that maybe it's just because it, he was getting ready to be called to be the first trumpet or you know you know <laughs> in the scriptures how, yeah. how many trumpets go yeah you know so mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm pretty sure it was a real vision. Yeah. That's yeah. just how I get my visions. Dreams, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I'm asleep, but, <laughs> but visions usually come to me yeah. like right before I fall asleep or right before I wake up. Yeah. So and it has, has it dimmed with time or is it, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It just depends on yeah. where I'm at. Cause I think, I don't think we, we really plan to go down this alley, but I think it, it's important for each one of us to attempt to and understand the process as best we can. And, and I think it's going to be a little bit different for everybody because 
we all visualize and see things differently. You know, for me, I, the dreams that have felt significant to me have always, they've always had kind of a, a, a very clear feel to them. And for me, the fact that they've remained clear yeah. through time yeah. is kind of, for me, what signifies a dream that was important mm-hmm. versus one that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. And and also, I would encourage, if anyone's actually really wanting to seek after the gift of, of dreams and visions, I would say a good place to start is some sort of dream journal. Yeah. And you just you just record everything you can. As soon as you get up in the morning... Put it down. The only and... thing that I have problems with with dreams is that I can't interpret them. <laughs> Which, I always yeah. have to go to my brothers <laughs> who are more more in tune with that kind of stuff. Like yeah. especially my youngest brother, he's hilarious. Sometimes when I when I send him like this was my dream, and so he like interprets it. And sometimes they're I'm like um okay. <laughs> If you want a joke interpretation, sure, but, you can pull yeah. those off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for yeah. me, dreams are a little bit more harder t- for me to to remember. So I have to write them down. Yeah. Visions, though, like I can tell you quite a lot of visions just off, off the top of my head because mm-hmm. they're so spiritual and important yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. So, but I've had plenty and plenty of dreams yeah. <laughs> and, but, and really good ones too, like that were important. I yeah. just don't remember them as good as I do visions. That's yeah. why I have to write my dreams down. Yeah. And I'd say recording, if, I mean, if this is something you really feel drawn to, you know, if you, if you have desires, you're called to the work, right? If you're listening to this, you're like, I want to do that. You can do that. That's a, it's a gift that you can pray and ask Heavenly Father for, and you can work towards and pay attention to it. Yeah. I, I was on a call with some like-minded people and we were talking about visions and visualization and how to do that. And, and for me, a, a little key of unlocking this was someone like, you know, think in your mind, think of like your, like your favorite memory, like r- remember something in your mind, Right. He's like, that place that you're seeing that memory right now mm-hmm. in your brain, it's like, that's where visions happen, yeah. right? And so cultivate that, use that. You know, when you go down to pray, use that part of your mind to try to visualize Heavenly Father when you speak to him and be open to receiving stuff from Heavenly Father. And that's how you can cultivate this idea of visions, right? Yeah. Now, granted, if the Lord wants you to get something, he'll find a way. But yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to facilitate this process. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, at the very least, praying for these visions to happen. And they may just be specifically for you. Yeah. Yeah, if the Lord doesn't want you to share it, maybe at that time, then don't. Yeah. <laughs> like in, oh, what? It should, be, it should be in the Lord's timetable, not necessarily ours, right? But yes. Yeah. There was that one scripture, and it's Matthew 17, Um, and this is like right after um, Jesus spoke with Moses and Elias, Mm -hmm. 
and he was um, coming to get Peter, James, and John, I think it was. And he says, um, and as they came down from the mountain, Jesus, and this is verse 9, mountain, Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision to no man until the son of man be risen again from the dead. So even that was a vision. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, you know, don't, you know, he was also commanding them not to say anything until a certain time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain timing, right? Yeah. Yep. So balance out, you know, yes, we should be open and willing to share. And I don't think there should be any, uh, corporate guidelines, you know, that bars people from sharing, but also the Lord, you know, will tell you when the time is right. Usually it has to do when people have hearts open Mm -hmm. to hear, right. What you have to say. Um, there's also in Jerem one, um, verse four. That's also a good one. It says, and there are many among us who have many revelations for they are not all stiff naked. And as many as are not stiff naked, it's weird saying stiff naked (laughs) 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 and have faith, have communion with the Holy spirit, which may get manifest unto the children of men, according to their faith. So you just have to show faith because there are many that can commune yeah, and have the Holy Spirit um, give them visions and revelations. And what, and I, uh, what I also like about this is that it forces all of us to be kind and understanding with each other. Because mm-hmm. it would be really easy for us to be like, that's just you. <laughs> you know, that, I don't know if that's really a vision. Yeah. You know, and, and it may not be. But it allows you an opportunity to express charity and understanding and to give someone the opportunity to work through it themselves, whether or not it's an actual vision or not, whether it's an actual dream or not that got, you know, they got from God. But because God is the person who's in charge of it, we don't have to play the name blame game or the condemnation game around these things. Mm -hmm. We should be cultivating it and allow people to work through this process, realizing that maybe we're going to have issues where things go against each other and we'll have to work through that. That's part of the earthly existence. Yeah. And it reminds me of a lot of the near death experience books. Um, a lot of them at the beginning of the book in their disclaimer say, um, these were my, uh, these were given to me. Yeah. These were my, what I received. Yep. And, and these just things sharing. may, yeah, these things may happen, may not happen, you know? And, and so there's always going to be a disclaimer with yeah. everybody's visions and dreams, you know, depending on what path they're on. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Amanda. Yes. <laughs> she's got, she's going to, um, kind of go through some of the scriptural evidences of dreams and visions and just some headings. Yeah. Just some headings of scriptures and stuff. Which headings aren't technically scripture, but it 
It's enough to remind yeah. you about some of these things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ezekiel 8. The chapter heading says, Ezekiel sees in vision the wickedness and abominations of the people of Judah in Jerusalem. He sees idolatry practiced in the temple itself. Mm-hmm. And then... Daniel 2, Nebuchadnezzar's dream is revealed to Daniel. The king saw a great image, a stone cut from the mountain without hands, destroyed the image, and the stone grew and filled the whole earth. The stone is the latter-day kingdom of God. I want to point out that, like we've kind of mentioned... Um, these people that were having visions and dreams weren't prophets. They went to the prophets to get interpretations. Um, but yeah, like King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. This vision about what essentially is the kingdom of God was given to a pagan king. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And well, um, and Daniel wasn't known as a prophet. Yeah. He was just a regular Joe. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was, a. <laughs> they, they, when they ransacked Jerusalem, they just took some of the up and coming youth mm-hmm. and they wanted to turn them to their will. Right. And so Daniel was just, he was just a, you know, a youth when he was taken from his home Yeah, and I guess he was placed in the King's council but that was also kind of, that's where they could place him to, they wanted to cultivate. Mm-hmm. That's, it's a conquering nation. That's a, a good tactic, right? To assimilate culture yeah. and to mix culture. So yeah, it's interesting. Daniel, he's, I mean, we consider him to be a prophet yeah. in retrospect. And I think but most, I don't think he would ever call himself that. Those people back then weren't, prophets yeah they were just they regular were just, people yeah. who who felt the the call of the voice of the lord and they tuned into it enough mm-hmm. to be able to give something of value yeah. to multiple people i imagine you know just how i think i can't remember what scripture it says but you know if all the things were written about christ there wouldn't be enough books in the world right <laughs> yeah i think there are constantly people who are being inspired by the Lord. And if we were to write down everything, we'd never be able to get everything, anything done. We just, we just have few instances here and there. And unfortunately we've taken that to mean that these people were set apart or higher or holier than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's noble and great ones, but really these are people who just responded to the invitation of the spirit. When it calls, we all have that potential. It just depends on how much obedience we pay how much we're willing to sacrifice, how much we're willing to show to the Lord that we will act upon these types of gifts and experiences when they come. Yeah. Genesis 41. Pharaoh dreams of the cattle and the ears of grain. Joseph interprets the dreams as the seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Go, go, Joe. Go, 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 go Joe. Joe. <laughs> I mean... That's a that's, very... That that movie, that musical is big in our 
still yeah. in our home. Yep. <laughs> and Joseph is, he's a really good example of, Very of good these example. gifts. He yeah. does both of them yeah. quite often from his youth. It, it was almost like second nature for him, you know? Yeah. And quite honestly, even though, even though his brother sold him, you know, uh, into slavery because of it, I have to imagine because of the nature of his heritage of his father, grandfather, great grandfather, mm -hmm. he was probably encouraged from a young age to pay attention and listen to those dreams. It might be also why his brothers were extra pissed at him <laughs> because I imagine because Jacob, you know, he has the vision of Jacob's ladder, yeah. you know, he wrestles with the Lord and to me, that sounds like a visionary experience. Who knows? Maybe Jacob physically actually did wrestle with God. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just but, picturing but yeah. them wrestling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, and so, I mean, if it was encouraged in the household, like, sure enough, here's daddy's boy doing what dad wants him to do, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. it would, it would, you could see how the animosity could be there, especially if, if the brothers are like struggling yeah. to get any sort of dream or vision. Yeah. Keep so, going. and, Oh. Then obviously, um, Joseph, he wasn't just a dreamer, he was also an interpretate, yeah, interpretator, yep. interpreter, <laughs> interpreter of. The <laughs> so I like interpretator. Yeah, interpretator. It's it's an interpreter, but you had potatoes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the other two are just. Same with the Pharaoh and Joseph interprets dreams of the Pharaoh's chief butler and chief baker and Yeah. Daniel what about the candlestick maker? <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar's dreams of the great tree describing the king's fall and madness. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that's just a, that's just a small sampling, but you have you have Samuel responding to God, and you know, uh, when Eli tells him to pay attention, you know, that's yeah. actually God speaking to him. You have Nephi going on the mount, being shown a great vision, you know, because he also asked, you know, yes, because he, he, he saw wanted to after. see what his father yep. saw. There, there is an aspect of agency to all of this where, in some instances, it does seem the Lord intervenes when he deems necessary. But for some people, it's very much necessary for them to show initiative. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, then the, the doorways open because the Lord recognizes and respects our desire to want and seek after these things. Yeah. Uh, Brother of Jared is a good example well, of that, yes. right? Uh, his experiences and he gets a peek and then he's like, actually, I want more. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you <laughs> know, it. and then. Someday, hopefully, we'll get all of that those visions, yeah. you know. Um, Alma, Alma the Younger, uh, Benedi. Everybody so, who like received everybody. a commission from God did so in some Samuel sort of dream or vision. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he even had Angel come to him saying, go back. Yep. You know, they need to hear more. Yep. So. And, and so maybe this is a good time to bring up Bishop Coyle. Um, if anyone has heard of the Dream Mine, which is here in Utah uh, by Salem, uh, it was started, and some people, I didn't even know this was a thing, and I've lived here my whole life, I just remember seeing those white buildings on the side of the mountain, yeah. you know, up there, but uh, there's this man who, his name is John Hiram Coyle, 
and he lived here in Utah in, I had it on my phone so I can remember the dates, in, he was born in 1864 and he died in 1949. So, you know, the early pioneer days, like I think his parents received a commission from Brigham Young to, you know, settle down here. But at a younger age, uh, he had a dream about, there's this cow that they had lost. Now, back in those days, a cow was extremely important to these people. Like, more important than an automobile would be to us, that cow was to their family. So it was really important that he could find it, and they, they weren't able to find it. And he goes to bed one night, he has a dream about it being down by this train's, train's tracks, and that it would, uh, like, I guess one of its eyes would have been uh, blotted out with a horn because it must have been, like, hit. The horn got twisted and poked it in the eye. So he, he it gets a strong impression that that was more than just his own dream. And so he goes and he, fall, like, follows the progression of the dream. And he's able to find this cow. And lo and behold, one of the horns is kind of broken. And, he, you know, he suspects it got hit by a train or something. And it poked its eye. And... And he brings, he's on his way bringing it back, and he's just enthralled by this experience of having had a dream of something that came true. And he believed right away that it was something God gave him. And so he tells Heavenly Father that if you will give me that gift, I will do whatever you want me to do, you know? And so he, he can, like, he goes through his life doing, like, following the inspiration of the spirit. <laughs> and so like the spirit says, go on a mission. So he goes on a mission, but because of that, this, the, this gift of dreams and visions was something that he experienced in his life throughout. And there are recordings, uh, second and third hand of him predicting important things like the great depression, uh, the end of world war II when that would happen. Um, and people, you know, they, they wouldn't believe him, but he would announce that these things were going to happen on certain days, and they would. And so he, he's proven as uh, that these dreams and visions that he's having are true, that they're, you know, they're not just his own machinations. And that's where the dream mind actually comes from, because he was told by the Lord in a dream that that mine, when times become super hard financially around here, and where food is really needed and hard to come across financially. As in Utah County. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, well, in the way the story is told and everyone, you know, who's interested should go look up John Coyle, Bishop John Coyle. He served as a bishop for a while. Uh, you could also look up Ogden Kraut, who is a descendant of his and talks about him quite a bit and has some good recordings of him and uh and the things that he went through but uh they they make it sound like it would be of benefit to the saints being the followers of Christ that so they went and they drilled through certain places and he's like okay this wall I'm told to stop here but right through this wall when the time is ready they'll drill through here and they'll find the the resources that are needed to keep the saints the followers of Christ uh, on their feet through some of the more desperate financial times of his life. And so, I mean, that's just a small taste. Uh, like there is, unfortunately, 
because he was expressing uh, great dreams and visions, it made the leaders of the church very uneasy. And uh, some of them had some strong vendettas against him because he, quote-unquote, didn't have any prophetic leadership, but yet he was receiving these dreams and visions. Jay Golden Kimball was actually a, a big uh, supporter of him. If I remember right, Jay Golden Kimball was his mission president when he served as a mission missionary, and so he often re really listened to uh, Bishop Coyle. And there was one instance where uh, Bishop Coyle told Jay Golden Kimball to come to his home, uh, that he had something that he wanted to tell him. He comes, he says, the Lord's told me that President Joseph F. Smith is preparing a talk on the dream mine, but it's inflammatory. It's not going to be good for it. He's like, and the Lord has told me to tell you to go tell him to stop. Well, the it. thing is, wasn't, wasn't the, the talk that he was going to give, um, going to be negative talk about the dream yeah, mind? Is, yeah. Inflammatory. It's going to be negative. It's yeah. going to be talking against the dream mind. Uh, because like I said, they were uneasy with Bishop Coyle, even though that he had, you know, served in these positions, he wasn't in the presidency. Why is he allowed to yeah. receive visions and dreams? Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, the bishop, or the Lord told me that you need to go tell him that he shouldn't give it. And Jay Golkin Kibble says, I, I don't want to put my head in the lion's mouth. I'm not going to do that. And I guess Coyle went to him. He's like, uh, Jay, the Lord doesn't like cowards. <laughs> and so I guess that was enough to get him uh, to go. So he goes up, you know, kind of trepid it. You know, he's, he's a little nervous about it. Tells President Smith that he knows about this talk that he's writing about the dream mind and, and president Smith gets up and goes, how do you know about that? I haven't told anybody about that. And, uh, as far as we know, there was no talk ever given about it. No. Um, another good example, uh, it does include Joseph F. Smith again. He, this was in the period that they're trying to get rid of polygamy and he goes down to Mexico and he's trying to persuade the people that they need to give up this practice. And he says that if they do it, that the Lord will bless them with the temple in Mexico City. And, you know, they commit to that. It's even printed somewhere. You'll, you be able, should be able to find it. You know, next temple to be built in Mexico City. And when Bishop Coyle hears, hears about this, he goes, oh, well, he shouldn't have said that. He's like, I've, I've seen that area down there, and the saints are going to be driven out of Mexico. And that temple is not going to get built. And uh, come to, you know... It came to fruition later that there was a civil, more or less, a, there was someone trying to usurp power in Mexico, comes to the area, tells the saints that they need to join up or get out. They don't join up. They get driven from the city and the temple doesn't happen. Yeah. And so the, it's stuff like this that they, they really didn't like Bishop Coyle. And eventually, Talmadge, I think, for sure, like, especially did not like him. And they kind of, they kind of trick him into signing... Uh, at, at threat of excommunication, signing something to repudiate his revelations. Uh, but he then, afterwards, after he's forced to sign this thing, he goes and is like, well, no, I'm not doing that. This never really was a thing. And they excommunicate him. And it's really unfortunate. But he was somebody that really showed... If you believe the you know the reports and the records, and I, I think everyone should give an opportunity 
to listen and see what they think for themselves, but someone who actually showed this this talent, this gift in a more modern time. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, especially if we allow it to be cultivated. And I was going to say, we do see a lot of it, you yeah, know? Yeah, we do. Right now. And it people makes are... People <laughs> very uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes... <laughs> Which is sad. You know, excommunication on their minds. Yeah. Like, they shouldn't be doing that. Only the prophet can do those kind of things. Yeah. Which is... I guess maybe maybe the biggest point of all this, and we've probably hit it a few times, mm-hmm. is that visions and dreams are not for prophets only. Or I should say, all of us have the opportunity to be a prophet or prophetess because we all have the right to receive a yeah. vision from God, a dream from God, that he can then enlist us in the cause to go and preach what we need to. And there are those that have had to be put back on the right path to receive yeah. <laughs> those things <laughs> as an Alma the Younger, you know, and yep. the Messiah and mm-hmm. Messiah's children. So then Christ, you know, he, he, he gave the way to test these things. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. If people prophesy and things come true from their prophecies, that is real fruit. If they prophesy or they don't prophesy ever, uh, they're not a prophet. You need to prophesy in order to be a prophet. Mm -hmm. But if they prophesy and it doesn't come true or they try to whitewash it away or, you know, whatever it is, then you can know that that's not a good fruit. You know, and it's, it's actually really genius of the Lord that it's really easy to test those things because it either happened or it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get more revelations and things um, with the, I don't want to say prophets in the scriptures because, you know, they weren't known probably, a lot of them probably weren't known as prophets mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, but they were seeing things and they were doing things. It was against the natural man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during Jesus's time, you know, Yeah. Uh, earlier tonight we were, I was reading through that one chapter in Matthew where Jesus was all like hypocrites and that the Pharisees and stuff were hypocrites and, mm-hmm. you know, putting, human and mortal things above the things of the Lord. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're at the end. (laughs) I think we're close to the end. Do you have anything more? Well, there's a couple of, of dreams or visions personally. Like if you want to share Trenton's and then, um, I've got a couple that I wouldn't mind sharing. Mm -hmm. And if anybody else does. But yeah, it's the idea that our children can have dreams and visions is not uh, a crazy thing in this house. And so light dreams, but dark dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that they're open to experiences. 
and that they're they're able to talk about it and so yeah that's something that's we're opening the children's minds to allow them to view those things as possibilities yeah and the one that amanda's gonna say um trenton her their oldest um when he was a baby yeah he was what two 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 years old yeah he wasn't old at all he was still pretty young like I, I don't even think like if you asked him if he even remembers it, but Amanda, but Amanda wrote it down. Yeah. So I'm that. Gonna read it. However. Yeah, but this one is kind of a, a scary one. Well, um, sometimes sometimes the dreams and visions are about hard things, and yeah. sometimes they're about good things. So. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, I'm just gonna read it how I wrote it then. And this was in 2012 when he was two years old. And it says, So Trenton woke up last night hysterically crying. I finally got him calmed down enough to get him to talk to me. I asked him, What is wrong? He said, Lucifer, here, scare Trenton. Make Trenton cry and want mommy. I didn't know if I heard him correctly, so I kept making him repeat and would... I would say, are there monsters? And he'd say, no, Lucifer, Mom. I tried other words that sounded close, and he was so adamant that he was saying Lucifer. He says Lucifer was mean and scared him. I asked him if he was still in the room, and he pointed to the ceiling and said, went to sky. So we went and woke Daddy up, and he blessed the house and went into Trenton's room and commanded everything to leave. I also asked him if Lucifer was in his room or if he was in his dream, and he said he was in his room. As Curtis was blessing the house, Trenton was whispering, Go away, sit, Lucifer. Go away, Lucifer. Lucifer, go bye-bye. Trenton didn't want to sleep in his room after that. He wanted to sleep with Mommy and would scream if we tried to take him back to his room. What a long and crazy night. <laughs> and you also said that, like, where did he even learn that? Yeah, he that was name? two. Like, yeah. Even, I mean, even, even in, in nursery, nursery like, they yeah. don't t- tell you about Lucifer. How did he know? Yeah, it was, it was an oddly specific term to use for, yeah. you know, Satan or like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> He's just barely learning to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. Yeah. And I, I imagine some people are like, well, is that a dream or is that a vision? I think to some it degree you could, you could interpret any sort of any sort of interaction with a higher or lower plane world would be qualified for that. And, okay, there's a couple of them that I've had. These were more visions than dreams. Um, the first one I remember it was it was definitely a vision because it it was fast and it went across my my memory super fast but it was of me looking at myself in a mirror but it was the spiritual me like before I had come like what I had looked like like who I was before and I looked the same, but I didn't <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. 
But I thought that was very interesting that I was able to get a glimpse of what I looked like before I came. Mm -hmm. Um, and the light, you know, that was around me. And so that was interesting. That was one of them. And the other one that I think it was one of the first visions I ever had. This was some years ago and I didn't, I wrote it down, but I didn't need to because I still to this day remember it like so, so much, like it's always right there, but it was of, um, I was coming into like this, this really wide white room, like this space. And, um, I, I could see myself running to, to two people that were standing kind of in the middle of the, in, of the space. I could see myself from the corner and I was running, but I could also see myself running straight to the people that were in front of me. And I, um, remember, um, jumping into that person's arms, the man, and like just hugging him intensely, my arms around his neck and he was lifting me up. And I remember looking over like behind his head where a woman was standing and she had taken my hand that was wrapped around the man's head. Um, so she was standing next to him, but kind of back a little bit. And she had grabbed my hand and I looked at her and I remember her smile and like, it was just loving like that whole thing. And, um, after, but I knew for a fact after that vision crossed my mind was that that was heavenly father and heavenly mother. And we were, and I looked exactly how I looked before I came to earth. And, um, I just knew who they were. And I don't know if it was me saying goodbye. I automatically thought it was, you know, like, be saying goodbye, like, okay, I'm going down to earth and, you know, until I see you, <laughs> you know, on the other end, or if it's maybe a future vision of me coming home, um, to them, I don't know, but I do know that it was them, heavenly father and heavenly mother. And, um, it was a very, and I kept that to myself for quite a long time because I was taught that it's, secret. it's a secret, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't share those things because it's between you. But I want to be able to have people to have their own remembrance and their own um, experiences. experiences with not just Jesus, but with Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Yeah. And, um, 
I do remember... I don't remember their faces because their faces were were blurred out except for Heavenly Mother when she was smiling at me. I remember her smile. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't remember their faces. But Heavenly Mother had long, dark hair. And Heavenly Father had kind of a reddish, brownish tint to his hair. And it was, it wasn't long, but it wasn't short. And so that's one memory, like, that I'm still kind of wondering, like, was that before I came here or was it? Or is it going to be something that's my future? Yeah. And. Okay. And then there was this one. One vision that I just remembered because it kind of goes along with heaven. And the light that is there. Um, I remember walking up these stairs and it was super bright and I was, I was walking up there and then I look up and it's even brighter. Like I can't see anything at the top. Um, but I know heavenly father and heavenly mother are up there. And then I see somebody's foot and, um, then it comes into focus Christ as I keep making my way up. And he puts his hand out to me and takes my hand and starts helping me up the stairs. I mean, not that I needed help, but, you know, um, takes me up the stairs to the light. And then that was it. Like, that's all I remember. Mm -hmm. And so that also makes me wonder, you know, like, was that um, something before I came? Or what is that something for after? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are just some of the visions I've had, and they're important to me mm-hmm. and they're special to me, especially you know, with all that love from our heavenly parents and from Christ, and um, I did have a dream one time that (laughs) and I thought this was funny because it didn't look like Christ okay like Mm -hmm. I knew it was supposed to be Christ but it didn't look like him Mm -hmm. but he was teaching Sunday school Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like how would that be (laughs) to be taught by Christ in Sunday school yeah right yeah so you know that's just another one of my dreams and I've had dreams of things that have come to pass. Um, like when my dad was passing away, I had a dream that he was going to pass and that I needed to, I, I prayed right before I went to bed one night. And I said, if I need, if, if dad's going to die, Please send him to me Give so I I know that he's going to pass and so that I can tell mom, prepare her, for prepare her for it, to let him go because she was having a hard time letting him go. Like she, she was kind of upset that he, yeah, 
that he was going to go. Well, she, she's had a tough run with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but then that night I had a dream that he came to me and he was standing, he was standing next to a tombstone. And so, and I knew that I needed to tell mom that you need to go let him go. He's, he's ready to go. And a couple days later he did while well, she went in, it was actually Valentine's day. She actually went there and finally told him, you know, like if you need to go, you can go. And then like four days later after that, he passed away. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I've had dreams like that, that, um, are personal, but also spiritual and, and yeah. So, I mean, if you've had dreams and visions and things like that, and you feel like others would like to hear it, um, or you feel like if you feel the prompting to share those, um, then do it. It's not, it's not a secret unless the Lord specifically says like he did with Peter, James and John, like don't say anything yet, but eventually they were going to say something. So anyway, I'm done with those. If anybody else has anything (laughs) that they want to share. And if you want to, I mean, if, if it feels right and you want to send it into the podcast, I wouldn't mind putting it up there. I'd yeah. love to I'd love to hear what other people's dreams and visions are and have those experiences. Um So there is one dream that I have and I, the one of the reasons I know that it was important is that it's gotten clearer. It's gotten more vibrant to me as time's gone on. But it was, uh, trying to decide if I go in depth or just give it a brief. Basically, uh, I was in a room that was, it had an escalator. It was an escalator up and then like a a flat escalator area and then another escalator up. And me and a person (laughs) uh, was on this, uh, this flat area and we had a third person next to us. And this room behind us was full of glass windows. And uh, it was like one of those big open area rooms. And I could tell there was this feeling of a lot of people there. And we were standing in line on these escalators waiting for something to happen. And this person who was in front of me, um, at the time, we, in real life, uh, this was somebody that I had been studying the gospel with and and someone I was trying to figure out for myself if I felt like this person was like really somebody that I should be listening to or if this person was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so I was struggling with that decision at the time. And uh, this this person, we'll just call him person number one, uh, <laughs> as we're sitting there in the escalators waiting for this thing to happen, he points to the windows behind me. It's at night, but there's like street lamps everywhere. And he says, look it's raining and I look outside and it is obviously snowing like 100% 
it's flakes. It's not rain, it's flakes. And I remember I say out loud in the dream, I say, close. And I turn back around, and this third person is still just kind of sitting there observing. Um, and person number one looks at me, and he says, now don't be alarmed, but the lights are going to go off now. And he brings his arm up over his head and comes down like a karate chop and stops like right at, you know, mid-belly level. And he says, now, right, as he reaches the end. And he says that, but nothing happens. And then he goes to do it again, and he goes, now. But at this time, the third person next to me says now at the same time that this person said now. And the lights really do go off, right? The lights go off. And then it's like emergency lighting pops up around the room. These like spotlights around the room. And um, when that happens, all of a sudden this line, whatever we're doing, surges forward. And, and there's this commotion to get wherever, whatever we are standing here waiting for has happened, but it's become crazy and everyone's moving forward. And this person who I was talking to, person number one, just bum rushes through people, pushing them down, uh, exemplifying behavior that disturbed me mm-hmm. in this commotion. He like added to the hysteria. And uh, uh, I was, I calmly follow after, but I was like in my dream, I'm going, that wasn't right. <laughs> you know, that wasn't something I, I like about this person. I'm seeing a whole different side. And as we get to the front of wherever this is, I see these, these two boxes. There's a blue box and a red box. I can still see the packaging. It's like indented in, in the front of it. And I can see what looks like a bottle of some sort in each one of these. And they're just different color packaging. And each person they're coming up as they come to the line, they're picking a blue or an orange box and then they're going off and doing something. Well, I see person number one again, and he's picked himself up a, it was an orange box and he goes over and he sits under one of these spotlights now or on for emergency lighting. And he's just ripping into this package, just going ham on this box with his teeth. Like he's holding it and ripping it with his teeth to get it open. Just ravenous. And as I'm watching him doing this, I'm going and I'm picking up the same orange box. But as he starts to rip into it, and he just looks like an animal, and I was like, this, I don't want this. And so I go back, and I put the box down, and then I look, and I realize that I don't want either of these boxes. And I got the sense that there was commotion around me of people opening these boxes and going crazy. Anyway... Um, the vision kind of fades there and ends. But for me, that was, at the very least, the interpretation for me was that I was giving too much credence or weight to this person and what they were saying, and I wasn't relying on God. And as I've later gone through it, that third person who was there with me on the escalator, that was Christ. And he was there peacefully observing. He would confirm truth when it happened, but he didn't when it was obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. And so that, that gave, gave me you the choice. Like he was going to let you make your own decision. Yeah. He, he was, was he was there to confirm truth when it happened. Yeah. When the person said now the second time he said now too, because <laughs> it was going to happen at that yeah. point. But before that it wasn't. And to realize that that circumstance mm-hmm. didn't define a true follower of Christ. And, but anyway, it, it gave me some uh, solace. It gave me a direction forward on that. I've had smaller uh, visions and dreams, but that was one of the ones that's 
that was like impactful and I expect to find more. And I will say that that one happened while I was keeping a dream journal <laughs> that, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I got that, that dream at the time I did, because I was fully focused on that. I've become very lazy. I'll just say it. <laughs> I've become very lazy and I haven't done it in a while. And my dreams have kind of subsided again. So there's amount of effort there, but anyway, like I said, with mine, it comes and goes. Yeah. Like, there are times when I can receive revelation, inspiration, dreams, visions, a lot more. Yeah. But then there are times where it feels like I'm really far away from yeah. receiving those things. And so, um, I'm sure it's with a lot of people Yeah. that way. It just really depends on what you're bringing in your life. Yeah. And what's around you. It also depends on circumstance and like comfort. Like, for example, when I was about to go in for a C section with Colson, which would have been my fourth C section, and my third C section didn't go very well, so I was really, really scared and nervous for my fourth one. And we had a friend, her name was Sarah. Yeah. And a little right. backstory. Sarah She was, she was like the mother of the ward, like when I was little yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. She's really awesome. Yeah. Very full of service and she took my kids She's really good at loving people. Yeah. And like she gave my kid Batman toys and shirts <laughs> yeah. and was like their other grandma. And like during sacrament, after the actual bread and water, she would always, you know, have them come over and she would have a little bag of snacks for them. Yep. <laughs> like every single week. Like she was so good to my kids. Yeah. And just my kids loved her. But anyway, so around the time that I was pregnant with Colson, she got cancer and anyway, so the day that I, or the night before I went in, I had to be at the hospital by five in the morning. And I remember going to sleep that night and I had a dream where Sarah came to me in the dream and I was sitting in the chapel and she came walking through the door and over to the other side and sat down and she just looked at me and waved and then I don't remember anything else and I woke up and I was like whoa that was really weird like I know she hasn't passed away yet but it's like she was saying goodbye to me or something you know but like at that time I felt like she still had a few more weeks left like I didn't realize that she was so close and then I woke up and I went in and I felt so much comfort, and I felt like Sarah was there with me the whole time. Yeah, and had no idea. Yeah, and I had no idea like why I felt that, and I kept thinking, but she hasn't passed away yet. Like, why do I feel her so strong, and why did she come to me in a dream to say goodbye if she hasn't passed away yet? Like, I hadn't heard that she had passed away. And it wasn't until after my C-section and later that night that my one of my good friends had let me know that she had passed away last night. So, yeah. I think it's just kind of cool how, you know, 
it's even things like comfort and yeah you know, even just saying goodbye and letting you know that you know they wanted to say goodbye yeah yeah well we ready yeah anything you want to say in closing um I would say just don't if you feel like you need to share something there's probably a reason don't hesitate yeah don't hesitate yeah there may be certain people that you shouldn't share things with you know Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're not open to that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I think that the more you share, the more it opens up, um, your communication with the Lord and the other side and receiving those things that, um, you're needing to get through your tribulations and um everybody has them everybody has tribulations and they need to be able to find Christ in the light and also your angels that are there to help and a lot of ways that you get those things are through visions and dreams. And so if you get the urge to do it, share, 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 even though we've been told not to <laughs> in certain aspects. But that's pretty much what the Lord has commanded us to do, especially if they have anything to do with one salvation pretty much. So, um, I'll say that and amen. Amen. Anything you want to say? Amen. Um, I just want to add to that and just say that believe that you can Mm -hmm. just, you know, we've, we've cut ourselves off in many cases from, God's power in the modern day, you know, it was in Joseph's time, we, there was no more visions and dreams. And then now it's like, well, only people like Joseph get to have them. And that's not the case. That wasn't the case in Joseph's time. It's not the case now. Uh, Many people are doing it. Many people are willing to, to share them now. Because things are changing. Well, remember the scripture I shared in Jerem, where he said that those were not who were not stiff necked, yeah, were blessed with revelation, yeah, and being able to prophesy, yeah, you know. So get rid of that stiff necked way, yeah, so that you can be more open. It's it's kind of a it's a self fulfilling prophecy. I'm never I'm never gonna be able to get visions and dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right <laughs> with that. Um, and also start asking. I can I don't remember like I think at the very start of this journey, like I said, it was kind of what draw us to it was trying to find other people who had had visions, near death experiences, dreams, wanted to hear what they had to say, wanted to weigh it against the spirit, wanted to mix it 
in with scriptures and see if it seemed like it fit, if it was a jigsaw piece that could fit in with the scriptures or not. But uh, I remember start ask, I started asking, you know, the, at the beginning of that journey, like I, I wanted to have visions and dreams. And, you know, it, it took some time before it actually happened for me, but I don't think it needs to be a long-term course. I think you start asking now, and hope it happens soon, you know, ask in faith and then wait for the miracle to happen and, and enjoy the process and in feel God's tutorship in this process. I think it's an important aspect as, as a follower of Christ, as a, a prophet or a prophetess, a king or queen, as we hope to become a priest or priestess, you know, however you want to view it. It's an important aspect of, of being a god is these visions and dreams, and I think it's something that's worth all of us it's not just, working to. I was going to say, it's not just those who have the dreams and visions. It's also those that can interpret the dreams and visions. Yep, yep. and there's there's <laughs> that too. I think I was so busy asking for the, the, the gift to have it. I don't think I've really asked much yeah. about the interpretation. Yeah. But ask in faith. Like, just ask. It's okay. You can, you, you're able to, and you can, and you can, and then be willing to share your experiences of doing that with others so that they feel willing to do it. And, uh, that's all I have to say. So seek his face continually. Amen. Amen.